Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to episode 140 of the Naturally Nourished podcast. We are dedicating today's episode to the almost finished anti-anxiety diet cookbook, and we'll be giving you a sneak peek into the sections of the book, recipes to expect to get your mouth watering, and touching on some of the main concepts of the book. Yes. I was so excited when my publishers asked me to put out the anti-anxiety diet cookbook because the anti-anxiety diet book was such a labor of love. And I really think it picked up a lot of unturned rocks in the healthcare, I guess, approach to balancing so many different conditions that I really downloaded my brain in best capacity I could, but there were some elements that I felt I could dig a little deeper into, and a lot of it comes into application. So the anti-anxiety diet does use the ketogenic diet as a foundation of the program, and I talk about the benefits of ketones in chapter one when I'm talking about removing pro-inflammatory foods and connecting the dot of removing sugar but I don't get to talk so much about troubleshooting a keto that works for you. And I get to delve into that with the anti-anxiety diet cookbook, as well as information on really how to apply the elimination diet elements and then different approaches for different household members. So how this anti-anxiety diet can work for your children, for your spouse, for pregnancy, and for other cycles throughout life. Awesome. So I'm going to read the back of the book description because it's just so cool to see like a final cover and kind of a real life mock-up of this at this point. And um, it's now available for pre-sale on Amazon and it's on sale for, I think, 20 or 30% off right now. It's under $12 is all I know, which is amazing. (laughs) Less than two coffees. And when you go over and get the pre-sale, which please do it, it's worth it. And it'll be like a wonderful, as Becky likes to say, like an unplanned present that it will is, show up at your door. It shows up in September <laughs> and you're like, I don't remember ordering this, but this is amazing. Or maybe you're waiting, like anticipating every day. And <laughs> checking your mailbox. <laughs> yeah. Either way, it's worth it. And um, I don't think when it does release, it's going to be on sale, of course. So that's a great thing about pre-sale. And if you get a chance and you can pop on over to the Anti-Anxiety Diet first book and leave me a review. That'd be awesome too. A lot of you guys pulled through and I think I'm now just shy of a hundred. I'd really love to break a hundred book reviews and maintain at that five-star status because I know that that helps when people are just Googling um, for anxiety or tools to help whole body health, that that can get my book into other people's hands. And I'm just so touched and I'm feeling invigorated by the feedback I'm getting that this is really my mission to spread an ability of purposeful living and purposeful eating and 
empowering ourselves with the ability to manage our mood and our stress response for whole body health. Awesome. So I'll include a link to where you can click over and grab the cookbook on presale and also where you can go and leave a five-star review for the anti-anxiety diet. And who knows, maybe when we get to a hundred, we'll do a giveaway or some fun celebration or read your review on here and give you a shout out, something special. So let's make it happen for our girl, Alan. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, So I'm going to read the back of the book and then we'll get right into it. The anti-anxiety diet provided guidance on how to address racing thoughts, difficulty concentrating, and banish worry with functional medicine approaches to address various root causes. Following food as medicine guru, Allie Miller, RD, LD, CDE, in her unique approach to reclaim mental balance and mood stability. She's at it again, and this time with a cookbook to support your ability to remove inflammatory foods, reset the gut microbiome, repair the GI lining, restore micronutrients, rebound adrenals, and rebalance neurotransmitters, all while eating in abundance and diversity. The anti-anxiety Diet Cookbook offers 80-plus anti-inflammatory recipes free of gluten, dairy, corn, soy, and sugar, as well as non-caloric sweeteners for a real food keto approach. From avocado, yeah. <laughs> From avocado coconut pudding to citrus pumpkin pancakes, Thai green curry soup to crispy rosemary chicken with Brussels and creamy leeks, oh, so good, strawberry pie protein bars to cashew beet cheesecake. This book provides you all you need to support healthy brain chemistry without complexity, making food as medicine attainable and delicious. Beyond pleasing your palate and food cravings, the Anti-Anxiety Diet Cookbook provides supportive materials to better understand nutritional ketosis and how you may determine your best use of her established phase one and phase two protocols of the Anti-Anxiety Diet as well as guidance on carb cycling for hormone, thyroid, and adrenal balance. So much all in one book. (laughs) (laughs) It sure is. But definitely, I think you've made a majority of of those uh, recipes. So I I heard some saliva uh, pooling in the the read. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And let's get into, Allie, what's unique about your approach to these recipes um, with the food as medicine focus and um, kind of what you sought to do in the recipes that you actually chose for the book. And would you say that the cookbook stands alone from the anti-anxiety diet or would you recommend reading one and then the other? Um, Certainly you can make recipes if you haven't read the foundational tools, right? Right. No doubt. And I think that the cookbook stands alone. Yes. Uh, it definitely is going to, in the intro, reiterate the foundations of the anti-anxiety diet and kind of line up the guidelines, if you will. And then, like I said, I, I think that this book delivers more application of of how to make it happen, whereas the anti-anxiety diet is going to provide more of the science and the why. So if you're someone that just wants the what and is like, okay, I trust Allie, it's all good, then then you could just do the cookbook and you could, yes, just get as awesome of results without having to worry about the why. But I think that the why is what really helps 
with the turnkey of, of quote unquote buy-in, if you will, of making this a lifestyle, I think the anti-anxiety diet book is going to have a lot of those aha, this is me connections as a reader. Whereas the anti-anxiety diet cookbook is going to give you the like, I'm going to make this on Monday. <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm going to play with my carb cycling in this way. I'm going to address my supplement in this sense, but a lot more of, again, kind of the, the short acting um, influencing factors. But yes, they, they, they're they awesome compliments and um, each can stand alone. Okay. Awesome. So yeah, let's get into it um, in terms of recipe development and, and kind of, um, what your unique approach is and how you address this project, this beast of a project that you're almost done with. I know. Right. So, so yeah, one of the unique things that you'll see on the blog too, that Becky does. And I remember back, back in the day when you started taking food photos for me, Becky, us meeting at a coffee shop and kind of talking about how, Allie Miller RD was never going to just be a food blog, how it's a functional medicine approach, right? It's a functional medicine clinic that also provides food as medicine solutions. And so if with every recipe that I write or that, you know, you write and goes on the blog or those that I'm writing and putting in the cookbook, there's always this layout that I'm a huge fan of with having food as medicine as the kind of intro of the recipe so that the reader and the cook can take that information gained and apply it throughout the use of that featured ingredient. Um, They can take home and apply beyond the recipe itself, the food as medicine, right? So it, it might be a blueberry spinach cobbler and the food as medicine focus might talk about anthocyanins, which is the purple pigment in blueberries. And it might talk about research studies that demonstrate vascular stability, you know, re- reduced uh, atherosclerotic plaque, reduced uh, plaque buildup in the arteries, uh, vascular health, antioxidant stability, and anti-aging properties. And so you make that cobbler, but then you think when you're at the grocery store, you know, I think I'm going to grab some blueberries and add it to my salad as well. So the big idea is in empowering you with the impact of food ingredients and how they can heal the body. And I do that with each intro within the anti-anxiety diet cookbook as well. And I weave it together a little bit more cohesively maybe to tell the story of how these foods help to harness the HPA access, that that fight or flight mechanism in the body and how these foods or targeted ingredients or the synergy within the recipe supports a mellow, grounded, stabilized mood. I love that. And the connecting of the why, again, is so, so important to, you know, influence the behavior, like you said, that we buy blueberries again, or we make this recipe again, or we share it with a friend who's just gone through something and and kind of share the why behind why eating these foods in synergy can be supportive of whole body health versus just, oh, you know, kale's good for you. And like, you know, writing about what happened on a rainy Saturday morning on the blog. <laughs> All the time. Yes. That's why I will never be a quote unquote influencer. Yeah, not, not a lot of fluff. We usually just get right into like the nerdy, you know, six bullets or so of, of studies. But I mean, hell, I like it. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're talking kale and you can't talk eindol-3-carbonyls and camphorol and quercetin, bye-bye. <laughs> I want to know about the phyto compounds yep. Yep. and I want to be able to have some buzzworthy geeky shit to share with friends. And yeah, again, it's, it's making the price point at the grocery store a, a worthy investment and um, taking the application beyond the recipe. Yes. Awesome. So let's um, walk through each of the different sections. Let's talk through the layout of how the cookbook actually came together and maybe highlight a couple of the recipes per section, starting with breakfast. Sure. So yeah, my publishers call these chapters, which kind of threw me off in the editing process. I was like, what chapter? It's not a <laughs> section. It's not a chapter, but yeah, I guess they're chapters based on, you know, the type of food. Um, and the intro section we'll go into in a little bit, but yeah, let's just talk food and get you all revved up. So the breakfast section includes frittatas. Uh, it has one of my favorite recipes on there is the perfect egg cob salad. I love doing salads for breakfast, especially because I'm often doing some form of like a 16-8 or an intermittent fast. So my breakfast is falling midday as is. And I love, you guys know it's a huge point of mine with food as medicine to get two to three cups of greens every day. So getting that insurance at your first meal of the day can be super helpful. It has avocado, bacon, a really beautiful, bright white balsamic dressing, fresh mint and basil. So it's very herbaceous. And the perfect egg is that uh, six to seven minute uh, boiled egg, which still maintains a really beautiful, rich, soft uh, yolk. Um, which just pairs really awesome with bites of bacon and avocado and some heirloom lettuce. Uh, really fantastic start to the day. Yes. And that one made the, the cover, didn't it? I think it did. I think yeah. it did. I think it made the final cut. I'm pretty sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> what about breakfast highlights for you, Becky? I know you made a three yeah, or four of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the avocado coconut pudding, I think, is a favorite just because of how pretty and bright that recipe is. Um, yeah. So it's avocado, coconut milk set with a little bit of gelatin, and then we topped it with some sliced kumquats, coconut, and goji berries. And it's just so, so pretty and such a, a different kind of breakfast that I haven't seen before. You know, it gets you out of like the smoothie or the egg rut. Yeah. And it's easy. It's one of those uh, made in a blender puddings. So you don't have to even heat it and it sets in the fridge. So it's a really great like Sunday night meal prep to work with. And then I also love, let's see, oh, another cover one, the citrus pumpkin pancakes. Those are fantastic. It's a really good mouthfeel. Um, a lot of keto pancakes out there get a little bit too coconut flour heavy, or, you know, I have an awesome almond butter banana pancake that I talk about all the time, which is in my kids section for Stella. She loves those, but those are also more of like a dense nut flour. The citrus pumpkin pancakes, the, the pumpkin and, and just the play with the ingredients and the, uh, the orange zest in there and the coconut cream on top. It's just really indulgent. Uh, and what's interesting about, or not interesting, something to note, I guess, about the anti-anxiety diet cookbook is that I made all of the recipes, all 87, I believe, plus, uh, to be keto-friendly. Whereas in the anti-anxiety diet book, I incorporated some recipes that were within my phase two protocol, which are going to be more of a low glycemic 
versus a ketogenic approach. So all of these recipes were adjusted to fall within the guidelines to stay still within tight 30 grams of carbs a day if that's what you're doing as your wellness goal. So uh, I didn't carry through that tagging. I just made everything fall within that construct and then figure you could add more berries. You could always add you know, something to, to add carbs if you wanted to carb cycle. Sure. Like a drizzle of maple and some berries or what have you, but it really, that recipe doesn't need it. I mean, and by the time this releases in September, it'll be pumpkin time again. Perfect. I'll have to share it for sure. (laughs) And then along the lines of almost that season, uh, the last one I'll call out in this chapter is the savory pork hash with sage Brussels. Uh, This tastes like Thanksgiving in a bowl. It's good at all meals. (laughs) It works beautifully at breakfast because we put fried eggs on it, you know, and uh, the yolk really blends and marries the flavors. But sage with the Brussels and um, the the way that uh, the pork works with the butternut squash in there is just phenomenal. And again, keeping still the total carbs at a very reasonable level yet getting the nutrient density of butternut squash, which is a very rich uh, vegetable for uh, serotonin support in the brain. Oh yeah, that one is so, so, so good. Um, And then I just shot this past weekend our shakes, smoothies, and elixirs section. um, And it was so, so pretty. Uh, I think we'll get some of those preview images up on Allie Miller D on Instagram this week or so. But, um, I did four of the shakes and smoothies. And then I also shot the turmeric elixir and the almond collagen, hot cocoa and the macadamia Brazil nut milk, which I'm drinking with my cold brew right now. Ooh, delightful. So there's okay. so much fun in this yeah. section. Uh, we have a table, uh, I, I put together a table on making your own nut milk. So different lengths of soaking time, uh, different ways to approach nut milk. So the lazy woman's nut milk, where you just use a nut butter and water and move on. <laughs> or if you wanted to do the soaking and the straining and what that would look like. Uh, I also provide you a lot of smoothies and shakes that are all keto friendly, but yet free of non-caloric sweeteners. So as you guys know, I am not a fan of erythritol, stevia, any additive that is going to taste sweet but provide no calories because of the influence on our insulin because of the influence on our palate, they're, they're hyper palatable and they create these unrealistic expectations of sweet and they keep us ultimately a victim of sugar addiction. So all of these shakes and smoothies and elixirs can be used as a meal replacement. They can use collagen or grass fed whey per preference and health goal focus as far as turning them into a whole meal by adding protein. And then the elixirs are going to have different food as medicine focuses, like the turmeric elixir is very supportive for detoxification, also anti-inflammatory boost and electrolyte stability as you're transitioning into the ketogenic diet. And then the almond collagen hot cocoa is just like a delectable mug of Nutella, like (laughs) deliciousness that, um, also when the book comes out in fall is going to be very welcomed, but I'm sure you guys didn't have a problem getting that down, even in the heat of Houston summer. Nope. I let it come to room temperature ish and it tastes like melted chocolate ice cream kind of too. Um, so good. (laughs) (laughs) Jars upon jars (laughs) fridge right now of 
all the liquids. I feel like we're doing like a smoothie or juice cleanse, but we're not. <laughs> Definitely not. No. <laughs> okay. So let's go into entrees. Yeah. So we had a lot of fun in this section and, um, it does seem so surreal that all of this is kind of in front of me and coming into full-blown fruition because in the entree section, I always play outside the box when I'm developing a cookbook or even if I get into a rut on the blog because I'll force myself to play with something other than beef. (laughs) I feel like we eat beef all the time at my house. It just is Brady and my, and Stella's I think favorite protein. And then salmon is second place. And then like everything else is like maybe blip in the radar. You know, we might do some pork carnitas here or there. We might do um, some uh, bone and skin on thighs and such. But I incorporated a good amount of actually turkey, two turkey recipes in this cookbook, which is like very, to me, pushing outside of my (laughs) comfort zone or norm, I guess. And then um, a good amount of fish. Um, One of my favorite recipes in the entrees that I'll open with is the macadamia coconut crusted halibut. It is fabulous. It, um, I actually made it before we went to Hawaii, <laughs> but it reminded me a lot of a lot of the dishes out there and, and this just kind of classic preparation, which I was never able to actually taste in Hawaii because they use flour in most macadamia coconut crusts. So this does use a little bit of almond flour to help with the binding, um, but really fantastic, crunchy, sweet, um, and a little bit of turmeric on there, uh, a little bit of curry uh, flavor profile to just kind of keep it all warm and a nice uh, large white flaky halibut as the fish in there. Stella loved uh, the macadamia coconut crusted halibut as well. And along the vein of fish, I love the fish tacos. I've made those now a couple times entertaining. They're super vibrant because I use a blend of red and green cabbage and do this beautiful jalapeno jicama cabbage slaw next to it. But the breading on the crispy fish tacos I've done with red snapper, I've done with black drum, I've done with so many different varieties of fish. It's always turned out really beautifully. You do like a pan um, fry, if you will, with avocado oil. And uh, it's just an awesome, crunchy texture, but of course, made with all healthy and heat safe ingredients. Yes. And the breading actually stays on, which was one of the the things I was most impressed with um, when I originally shot that recipe. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to try this a few different ways and like have had trouble with that in the past, but nope, it stuck and it was so, so good. Awesome. And then there is the kimchi burger, which is really yummy. It has tons of umami going on in there. It has some sauteed mushrooms and onions in the burger patty. Uh, Stella, uh, some fish sauce, I think as well. Stella yeah. was a big fan of this burger as well. And then kimchi fried egg. I mean, it, it's got all of the like mouthwatering goodness. And that's like me in a nutshell, kimchi burger every day. <laughs> I could yep. pretty much eat that every day. <laughs> yeah. Byron was really pumped about that one. He's like, oh, we have the perfect kimchi to, <laughs> <laughs> to sure. top it with. I'm sure. And then when I put together the anti-anxiety diet kids chapter, I did this because I wanted to make sure that everyone that gets a copy of this book knows that this is a meal plan that can work for your entire household. But I was a little torn up about the concept of a kid's chapter because I really feel strongly that, you know, when we're dining out with our children, they should be ordering real food. A lot of the kids' menu items have higher carbohydrates, are more, uh, 
tan or, you know, monochromatic, <laughs> not having a lot of color or, or, or phyto compound diversity, not a lot of bitter alkaloid flavors or really complexity. They're very bland and it doesn't teach our children to be taste adventurers or to really eat in balance. And most kids options out there also are going to be not only high carb, but also high in additives um, and, and generally lower quality protein. So I'm always ordering Stella, like I'll, I'll, if there's like a kid's cheeseburger, I first ask, cause when I'm eating beef at a restaurant, I always make sure that it's like out here, we get 44 farms or name, name the, the farm that has the, you know, grass fed, grass finished Longhorn or Texas Wagyu. And, um, I always ensure when I order Stella's I'll, if I do get the kid size, I ensure it's the same quality beef because often they're like preformed frozen crap mm, patties, yeah. you know? And it's like, just cause the restaurant has good adult patties, I'm not short in Stella. So I'll just get her an adult patty or ask for half a patty of X, Y, Z. So I go into that and, and, um, navigating menus and all that jazz, but I did decide to put together the chapter and just highlight Stella's favorites. But to be fair, all ages can eat the anti-anxiety diet kid recipes. And I'll open with one of my favorites, which is the Turkey apple kale patty. Again, not a big fan of Turkey. It tends to be very dry to me, tends to not have a lot of flavor. This patty is also free of egg. Um, so a lot of, you know, like meatballs and such will be bound, uh, it's the blending of the kale with the garlic and the chunks of apples that you saute with the caramelized onions that adds a nice moisture and mouthfeel. And I do use a blend of dark meat with white meat so that you do get, of course, more fat, more nutrient density, but it's an awesome patty. It goes really well with avocado. It can be eaten again, breakfast, lunch, or dinner, really great for kids as like a rushed breakfast before school. Not that we should have a rushed breakfast, but I know how that happens. And um, even something to throw into their lunch containers. Yeah, I think this chapter is is really cool and really unique. And I agree, it's completely adult friendly. We don't have kids and we can eat all these things <laughs> in our house and be the, perfectly happy. The tots. I haven't made those the yet. yet. Um, that's coming up this next week. So the, the broccoli tots that I saw you make on Instagram look amazing. They are. They're so good. So we used uh, Stella's sweet potato, coconut uh, oil, roasted sweet potato, cut that up super tiny, and then roasted broccoli with uh, avocado and olive oil. So you get that nice like natural mylar browning, caramelization, uh, chopped all that up together and uh, formed. I used some almond flour and egg in this to bind with some fresh basil and other seasonings and made like these little tots and bake them in the oven. And, and they're fabulous. They work as a really fun side. And I think it's like six tots, which they're like almost about a tablespoon in size is still at or under nine grams of carbs. So again, you're like getting the sweet, um, sweet potato, natural flavor profile. Uh, it really can liberalize your otherwise potentially restrictive keto diet, getting a lot of the antioxidants, a lot of nutrient density, good flavor, good crunch, but still staying well on track. I love it. So, so good. I can't wait to make them. even dip them in the MCT uh -huh. oil ketchup mm -hmm. that I made last night, yeah. <laughs> which, uh, which was too. super fun. Yeah. yeah. So that's in the next uh, chapter, which is the therapeutics and condiments. And, um, you know, it's just using tomato paste, a bunch of seasonings, onion powder, garlic powder, what have you, but then adding in um, a little bit of Bragg's apple cider vinegar to inoculate it with probacteria, and then also adding in MCT oil to up the fat 
profile for that and help to boost ketone production. So the MCT oil ketchup can be used on the almond flour chicken tenders, on any burger patty, on really like any meat patty or anything. Uh, Really provides a nice complex flavor, nice mouthfeel, but is giving you nice fat, which a lot of condiments other than aiolis don't really provide. Sure. And then within that section two, you'll be including the bacteria battling chimichurri and um, just some simple staples like a herbed lemon salad dressing, caramelized onions, which I think are used in several recipes throughout the book as well. Totally. You know, being dairy-free, a good caramelized onion is a good weak staple because it adds moisture and flavor complexity. So, you know, the whole book is dairy-free keto. And um, it's also, of course, free of the the five inflammatory foods, so gluten, soy, corn, sugar. Uh, But um, in vain of all of those avoidances, we have to find good staple replacements. And caramelized onions are one that I love to use and also open children up to eating because very supportive of detoxification pathways, great form of quercetin, um, which can help with histamine response in the body. Uh, so I, I like to get aliums or onion family into the diet and it's a really great, uh, sweet delivery to do so. Awesome. And then wait, there's more. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, let's talk about maybe favorite highlight from, um, the salad section. Cause I know there's a lot of goodness. You already spoke to the, the breakfast salad, but what's your, your top pick of the salad section? Well, let's before salads, because we have four more sections to go through, go into our sponsor of today's episode, Crowd Cow. (laughs) Yeah. So Crowd Cow actually claimed steak, ha ha ha, in today's episode back when we had listed what was coming because they're such awesome supporters and proponents of all things Allie Miller RD, and they wanted to be in on the anti-anxiety diet cookbook episode. So you may not have heard from Crowd Cow for a little bit, but rest assured, they're coming back in strong as sponsors of the Naturally nourished podcast. And both Becky and I love CrowdCow because they deliver the very best craft meat from farm to table. You get to learn about the breed, the style of the beef, and you get to virtually meet the small independent rancher who produced the beef and it gets delivered straight to your door. Yes. I was actually just filling up my cart last night and you just reminded me that I didn't check out, but with the um, dry aged uh, grass fed ground beef that you guys swear by. And I've had at your house, I was just getting us a, um, six, um, six pounds supply of that and some other kind of staple cuts. But I love that this is not a subscription service, like a lot of the services out there. And you can handpick the exact quality that you want, the cuts that you want when you want them. It's not showing up when you're on vacation and, you know, ends up at your doorstep and it's an emergency um, because you'd hate to waste all that amazing meat. Yes. Especially in the hot summer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yes, crowd cow is super fun because you can get craft quality beef from any level from ground beef all the way up to a five Wagyu and specific 
olive-fed Wagyu, which has won the like Wagyu Olympics, apparently. And um, you can really be able to taste the quality and know that you're voting with your dollar to maintain independent ranchers, because that's a huge issue, as we've talked about in prior episodes, in industrialized meat production, this disconnect. And CrowdCow is super passionate about clean eating and full transparency. So go on over to crowdcow.com backslash naturally nourished, and you will get $25 off your first order and free shipping. It's crowdcow.com backslash naturally nourished. So now let's get into the highlights salads section. <laughs> now salads. Okay. Yes. So uh, I really love, and I think both of us had to have like an internal, like no more watermelon radish uh, because I would put ra- watermelon radishes on everything so and edible. I know. And edible flowers just because you you just want to eat art all the time. So uh, in that vein, um, one of my favorites is just so simply named the farmer's market salad. It just uses heirloom lettuces, fresh herbs, a very simple lemon vinaigrette that really just allows the natural flavors to sing with a quality salt and um, has some edible nasturtiums in it. And it's just awesome, an awesome brunch side. Uh, I photographed it with broiled lobster and it's just, it's things that dreams are made of for sure. (laughs) Awesome. And then I'm getting excited to photograph the pepita pickled onion cilantro salad um, that has a cumin and lime dressing. Cause this is one I do a lot as a side for um, things like roasts and um, side for the pork carnitas that are on the blog as well. Totally. That's one of mine that I make, I swear, every other week in the summer. It's like a total fave, hands down. So I'm so excited to get that into a book. And then the last salad I'll step on is the antipasta salad, which is so fun. It basically has different forms of uh, meats like pepperoni, sausages, uh some pickled peppers, uh, just has a really nice briny, hearty, uh, canned artichokes in there and a really fantastic red wine vinegar, bright acid bite to balance out the density of the meats in the salad. But, um, they're all cut in these really nice thin strip julienne slices. And, um, it's like a, what is that? A sub sandwich in a bowl, a sub sandwich. Is that what it's called? Italian sandwich. Byron hoagie. said it when I was a hoagie. hoagie. Yeah. When I, <laughs> when I was photographing it, he's like, oh, it's a hoagie salad or something like that. But I don't know. I don't have experience with these what things. What are these I, things? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's see. So soups. Um, one of my favorites that we chose not to photograph because it might look like a bowl of barf, but please make it anyway, is the cream of kale soup with the pancetta chip. It is phenomenal. It's so easy and one of my favorite ways to get greens into your diet. It's, of course, with a base of beautiful bone broth, blending in that sautéed kale with caramelized onion. Again, caramelized onion makes a showing. Uh, And then uh, pancetta chips. And it's a really awesome, briny, salty, mm, stick-to-your-rib, feel-good kind of soup. You can feel in your skin. I feel like it's just it's one of those really health-supporting soups for sure. Um, and then I, um, photographed recently the carrot bisque and the roasted red pepper bisque. So those are really nice and bright and pretty. Um, but the, the red pepper bisque was really, really yummy with that. Um, it's a kale pesto that goes on. Top. Yeah. Um, simple so, kale pesto. Yeah. 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 
Awesome. And I think some pine nuts. And so it just mm-hmm. has that, that nice acid balance of the brightness. And then the carrot bisque was a repeat from the anti-anxiety diet book because it was such a showstopper. And again, it kind of takes the rules away from keto because it has the word carrot in it, but Allie put it in the keto friendly tagging. How can this be? Oh, and there's brains are exploding. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, it's again, that, that bringing us into this bone broth coconut, it's almost like a curry type flavor profile. Uh, it has orange zest and it's like a, almost like a creamsicle meets curry but beautiful soup and, um, the full fat coconut milk with the bone broth as the base. I think it has a half cup of total of cooked carrot in it. It's just a perfect blend to get that mouthfeel peak of ginger, some orange zest, but definitely not going to kick you out of ketosis. And remember nutritional ketosis is a metabolic state, not a yes or no food list. Yes. And then within our veggie side section here, um, I think one of the highlights when I was photographing these was the crispy Brussels because you used Umi plum vinegar in there. And that's one of my favorites that I'd kind of forgotten about until we did a podcast episode a while back on balancing flavor with real food. Um, And that just adds such a really nice um, salty umami element to crispy shaved Brussels. So they're, they're cut really finely. So they cook a lot faster, which I've started since you started writing the book, started doing my Brussels that way because it's just so much easier and more convenient. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and right. A better, um, a consistent, cause when you eat Brussels at a restaurant, they cheat because they flash fry them sure. and that's yeah. why they taste so damn good. But the technique of cutting them super thin and then, uh, pan frying them, you get as close as you can to that without the industrialized oils in the fryer. And I find when you just quarter or half Brussels at home and you roast them, then you get the soggy sulfur in the middle. And that's not the part that is as delicious. Nope. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. And then, oh, just to jump real quick back to the soup, the anti-anxiety diet bone broth, which like I worked so many batches because you guys know I'm bone broth obsessed. And obviously every soup has a base of bone broth. But I wanted a new anti-anxiety diet, like stamped bone broth beyond the chicken bone broth and the beef bone broth that I use in the other book. And uh, this uses uh, some medicinal herbs in it. It's awesome. Like it has chamomile flower in it. It's just really incredible. It's like witch's brew. Oh, it's cool, really cool. cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, other vegetable that I'll call out as a shout out, the roasted uh, cauliflower pine nut salad is something I could eat every week. I swear it. Uh, It has really crunchy roasted cauliflower. So it gets some of that nice browning. Uh, The vinegar, it has like a vinaigrette with a white balsamic or a champagne vinegar. I think I used in it. Champagne vinegar, fresh herbs. I chopped up uh, one or two dates in the entire thing. So it balances out this acid. Remember you need the fat, acid, salt, sweet, um, and roasted pine nuts. And um, then yeah, a good amount of fresh herbs. And it's just a really fantastic mouthfeel flavor combination. It's a showstopper for sure. Oh yeah. So, so good. And now we're left with indulgences. Uh So This is the final chapter that I submitted and uh, worked tirelessly on making sure I had a good blend of flavor profiles. So just like everything isn't beef, everything isn't chocolate, don't worry. (laughs) But it might be if you were in my household. Uh, But one not chocolate 
favorite indulgence that I've been obsessed with are the lemon lavender CBD oil balls. Uh, it's a nut butter kind of fat bomb, if you will, made with macadamia and Brazil nuts as the base, and then a bunch of melted coconut oil and coconut butter, and then uh, lemon zest and uh, lavender petals and CBD oil. And you set it in the freezer and then you scoop it and they're these fantastic, like large tablespoon truffles. They're just phenomenal. And I put some fresh, not fresh, I put some dried uh, lavender petals on top of each one as they were setting in the freezer. So they're really beautiful. Oh my gosh. It sounds amazing. I know. I kind of should have let you photograph that one. Maybe we'll have to revamp something. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind making them. So we'll see. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite from that section is it, it's a chocolate one, the keto avocado brownies, um, which are absolutely phenomenal. And those use dates in them as a real food sweetener as well. Um, but kind of an unexpected, um, with the avocado, I know chocolate avocado mousse has been all the rage and all those things, but, um, kind of unexpected way to add fat and add that really creamy, dreamy mouthfeel in those brownies. Yes. And then I love the hemp nut bars. Those are fun with the chocolate drizzle. The chia cherry thumbprint cookies came back from the first book and are photographed in this one. And the cashew beet cheesecake. I forget if that made it on the cover of the book, but it could have. It's just gorgeous, really fun if you're going to a um, like baby shower or brunch or even dinner party. Um, each slice of cheesecake is like a fat bomb within itself. So when, <laughs> when I made it, I, uh, I think I housed like six of the eight slices myself, but it does freeze for like two weeks. So it's really fun and a really awesome indulgence at the end of the day. And really just feels so satiating and has this gorgeous bright red from beet powder. It's a really pretty recipe. Yeah. Totally beautiful. I made it for my brother's birthday, actually, because I was photographing it anyway. He's like, why did you make me a pink cake? But then he tasted it. <laughs> was totally <Perfect>. into it. <laughs> and he's not even low carb. So nope. that's a good nope. testament. Nope. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I didn't add much to that. I think there's a little bit of raw and filtered honey mm -hmm. in it. Um, and again, if some of you guys listening are like, what the what? You said this book was keto. Uh, take a pause and listen to Real Food Keto episode. I think that that's 120. Somewhere I think 121 was yeah. the women's hormones. So I think it's 120 or right around there. Yeah. And then the other one you should listen to is why I hate non-caloric sweeteners, which is in the nineties. And that was recorded at KetoCon, which um, was interesting of all places. We love KetoCon. It's the best community and it's coming in like two weeks, you guys. So if you haven't gotten your tickets, tickets yet, make sure you do. Um, but yeah, it was just interesting because there were a lot of vendors with non-caloric sweeteners and, you know, here I was bashing all of that. Sorry guys. <laughs> It'll be interesting yeah. to see if, if tides are starting to change. And I think they are, I think you're leading the charge there, but I think people are starting to come around to like, okay, pull the stevia and the monk fruit and all this crap out. And, and we'll start to see the demand go that way for more real food keto products. I hope. Absolutely. Okay. So what else we got? We went through recipes. Uh -huh. You guys should all have your mouth watering and hopefully we're not scared of a little bit of natural sweetener here and there. 
Yes. And let's talk a little bit about um, just the intro chapter and, and um, some of the um, information that you've provided around um, doing an elimination diet and reintroductions. Um, what's what's in the intro chapter? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So, you know, the anti-anxiety diet book has to spend so much of its pages or, you know, my focus and information on the why again. So in the remove inflammatory foods chapter, I do provide you with a anti-inflammatory foods table, for instance, and it has, you know, where these ingredients can be found, hidden sources, good replacements and alternatives. Uh, So, you know, if it's talking about gluten, it's going to talk about XYZ, like crackers, breads, yada, yada, and then talk about hidden sources where uh, gluten might not be considered, but would be found in like condiments and whatnot. And then, um, you know, replacements. So what's your best replacement for pasta? There's options like zoodles or spaghetti squash. What's your replacement for pizza? You can make a cauliflower pizza crust, or you could do just pizza in a bowl type thing. So, you know, it's a little bit of application, but most of the information and energy was put into why you need to avoid these things so that you can kind of lock and load. And in the anti-anxiety diet cookbook, I do reiterate all in one page, (laughs) the why, but then I provide you multiple pages of how to actually implement an elimination diet. So actually what this process looks like, reframing the time commitment of how long you need these foods out, and then how to test these foods. A lot of people want to know once they've been off of them, for instance, dairy, like how do I determine my tolerance to dairy? So I actually walk you through with, for instance, starting with ghee, which is going to be casein-free and have the most health-supporting compounds and considering how you would reintroduce that and what kind of feedback you would look for to to try to understand tolerance and then where you would go from there. So if ghee is tolerated, then would you consider a grass-fed whey or would you consider a non-denatured, low heat processed or raw yogurt and what would that be consumed in? And so I walk you through a lot more of the process of the reintroduction following the elimination of these foods so you can understand how tight you have to be to continue to get outcomes. I love it. I think that'll be a really helpful resource for listeners of more of the practical how-to and, you know, everything works better with a bunch of really pretty, delicious recipes too, to, to, um, guide you. Um, totally. And then, you know, I think, I think you and I are always on the vein of like, don't replace it. Just don't eat it. Sure. (laughs) I don't know. And that's kind of how I take my keto too. So it's been interesting. And, And I think that this book, goes along that vein of, you know, I didn't make a lot. There's the, um, shrimp pesto, uh, spaghetti squash, um, which is like, I guess like a, like, as you said, you know, like a pasta alternate, but big picture is like, just learn to love new foods. Like we said way back with that episode with guest Christina Kerp, uh, she said, and I love this quote, love the food that loves you back. You know? So the whole idea of this journey and process is, 
make new best friends <laughs> that are food recipes that are your favorites. Because generally speaking, when you're trying to replace, it's like kind of like the, the, the non-caloric sweetener for the sugar thing. It's like, you're still maintaining, you're still holding on to that, that old relationship and trying to make something, something that it isn't. Sure. Or it's just like complicating a recipe, like, you know, cauliflower pizza crust can be great. And the recipes are out there and we have one on the blog, but they can be time consuming and hard to make. So, you know, just going with a totally different flavor profile altogether or channeling those flavors of, you know, if we're looking for pizza, channeling it into something like our spaghetti squash pizza boats that we have on the blog or um, the pizza in a bowl that's in eat fat, get skinny of our virtual keto eBooks versus trying to like recreate with a thousand different flowers and ingredients that you won't have in your pantry. Right. Or the super simple antipasta salad that has, yep. you know, still the salami <laughs> and you can eat a spoonful of MCT ketchup on the side. <laughs> sure. Oh Just gosh. like pizza. Yep. Just yep. tell your, tell your brother that, see how he does. For that. <laughs> Oh eat cheesecake for for uh, his birthday and now pizza with air quotes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and also in the anti anxiety diet, um, another really unique aspect is uh, you talk about how probiotics can be nature's Prozac and and really introduce what to do with probiotic intolerance. So, what does the cookbook offer as an expansion here? on that concept. So yeah, in the worksheets, I do provide you with a probiotic challenge journal, which is pretty cool. I use that in my clinic. So that'll be in the appendix or worksheet section just to kind of help with that accountability and really illustrate what you're looking for as outcomes throughout that protocol. And then we have the cup of culture a day challenge, uh, where we also look at different forms of probiotics and then prebiotics that stimulate the growth of the probiotic. So I have a table in there where it um, illustrates the varied strains of bacteria and what neurotransmitters are produced from them. And then a whole troubleshoot section of when probiotic foods don't work, things to consider, and then highlighting the recipes that um, work as cleanse support, like the bacteria battling chimichurri, a lot of the recipes with coconut oil because of the caprylic acid, which can be antifungal and antibacterial and fight against pathogens in the gut. So it's taking things a little bit next level as far as, again, application versus just the shock and awe. And something else that's different about the anti-anxiety diet cookbook versus the anti-anxiety diet book was I tried to organize the recipes in the book into each R, like, you know, these recipes are focused on repairing the GI tract. These recipes are focused on um, rebalancing the microbiome or rebalancing neurotransmitters and, excuse me, resetting the microbiome and so forth. And I really focus on in the food as medicine intro of each recipe, how each of these recipes can be multifaceted and hit different areas of focus. But then in some of the intro content, you know, if, if XYZ is your problem, you might want to focus on these recipes. I still will highlight those that can be additionally therapeutic without necessarily categorizing them. So they're not exclusive. Sure. And I think that makes total sense of a, a flow of a cookbook versus a, a 
informational book as well. So sure. Keeping things yes. in there, you know, organized sections and just calling out, like we said, with the food as medicine tips and um, other areas of categorization. Cause I know you have tagging on all the recipes, right? Right. Well, and also less tagging this go around because all of them are, I don't use KF cause I sure. used keto friendly in the first book uh, because all of the recipes fall within that. So right now I think I'm just tagging nut free and, uh, the other one, egg-free, because everything's gluten-free and everything's, yeah, so forth. So that makes it easier too. (laughs) Totally, (laughs) totally. Less to decode. Um, What are some other, uh, what's maybe one more big highlight of of a section that um, really stands out to you as something unique? Hmm. Let's see. So I think that the the biggest part to look forward to in the anti-anxiety diet cookbook is the content on ketosis and and food as medicine uh, for anxiety, of course, but the role of keto as medicine for anxiety and how keto impacts the HPA access. So I do break down a little bit deeper and with some cool uh, pictographs the impact of keto on the HPA axis. So in the first book, I talk about the premise of, you know, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenals and how those respond to stress, how they react in a sympathetic fight or flight mode and how they react in a parasympathetic regulatory mode. But I break that down a little bit deeper, bringing keto into the equation and conversation. And I talk about, you know, the mechanisms of action on both ends of the scale. And I think that that's going to become an episode of itself after the book comes out, because it's, it's such an interesting, I think, piece of all of our healing process is, you know, listening to the body and not dogma. And that comes back to this whole doctrine creates disconnect. So understanding the selected stressors that you are layering on your body weighing out those that are worth it and maintaining rigidity where it matters and flexibility where it's important to. And sometimes we can use those inversely. We, we are too flexible where we shouldn't be, <laughs> where we should be rigid and we're too rigid where we should be flexible. So I give a lot of uh, food for thought there. And I talk about pr- troubleshooting for keto pitfalls. Um, if dealing with adrenal fatigue, hormone imbalance, insomnia, I walk deeper into that phase one and phase two protocol and um, really break in a phase 1.5, like what we use in the virtual food as medicine 12-week keto program and um, explain how this can be used for children, for breastfeeding mamas, for pregnancy, and how it's um, for some individuals going to maintain the state of nutritional ketosis and for some individuals be more of a borderline low glycemic keto, whereas phase two is more of the true carb cycling low glycemic, not dipping into keto. Awesome. So a lot of really good application-based resources and kind of talking through the various entry points and scenarios where listeners might find themselves versus being a one-size-fits-all keto. I love that. Um, Yes. What about um, the resources section? You mentioned um, some worksheets kind of in the the back of the book. So what other application-based tools are you providing or planning to provide in there? 
So I want to bring back in some of the primary quizzes and am going to emphasize those that were in the first. So there's a leaky gut quiz, there is a gut dysbiosis or bacterial imbalance quiz, an adrenal fatigue or HPA axis quiz, um, and then I'm also going to add one on uh, detoxification or seeing if detox is a priority for you. So those are really helpful. And then there's also a meal planning and prep guide. There is building a balanced bench box or uh, adult lunchables type uh, layout, which is a two-page feature that um, is going to have lunch planning for your whole household. And then um, there's a four-week meal plan in this book, as well as a grocery list and then guidelines on building your pharmacy, as well as recommended brands and um, pantry staples. Awesome. So, so much jam-packed goodness. And by the time this episode airs, you'll have submitted the final or at least initial push. I don't know. I don't know how many rounds of edits things go through, um, but at least the initial push will be submitted. So um, good vibes and juju to Allie. <laughs> Until yes, then. Thank you. Uh, we can't wait. We made to- it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. We need um, celebratory noises, but it doesn't feel real yet since we're pre-recording. But we can't wait to get this resource into all of your hands. And again, head on over um, to Amazon. I'll include the link in our show notes where you can pre-order it. Anything else that you want to tell listeners about the cookbook, Allie? No, I just think that it's a really great support for the anti-anxiety diet book for those of you that already have a copy. Like I said, it does stand alone. It's a great gift. It's a beautiful book that Becky did a fantastic job bringing to life with her food photography. And it would make a great gift as well as a household staple. I think that the really unique elements are bringing food to life and emphasizing the food as medicine pieces of why these ingredients heal how you should apply the anti-anxiety diet is really emphasized here. And then assessing what role keto is doing for you in your body and how you might recalibrate that or make some tweaks and adjustments to maintain a life free of anxiety and balancing your stress access so you can show up more resilient from the day-to-day curveballs and hustle that is thrown your way. So I hope that you guys are excited as I am. Also stay tuned as we will soon be discussing anti-anxiety diet cookbook tour. So if you live in a city that you want to meet me and have me come lecture and share the background of the anti-anxiety diet and food as medicine and sign copies and all the things and free hugs, um, definitely shoot me an email at Allie at AllieMillerRD.com and um, with the, the subject book tour info. And I would be happy to try to set up a stop in your town. Thanks for listening. As always, go on over to Amazon, leave your five-star review for the anti-anxiety diet and pick up your pre-release today. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.